0: So what is uh, obvious, I imagine, is that most of us have the perception this is a day called Friday, (laughs) 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 as you still toy with conventional reality as as a measuring stick, which means uh, probably as you add it all up, (laughs) not much longer of this retreat, and my goodness, we seem to just be touching some ground. We're about to skip off again into the wild blue. <laughs> yeah. So, although right now the idea of Friday is just an idea, uh, you know, it uh, certainly in my mind it it, um, it it reminds me we we have to bear breadth in mind, you know, relative existence, time, place, situations, relationships, life, uh, getting by, time, place, all those kinds of things, as well as what we might say the more uh, vertical or d- depth connection towards something which is beyond that, you know, some place of where time and situation don't count anymore, you know, So so sometimes in meditation practice, you can get into some very deep places where it doesn't really matter. You don't even know who you are, where you are, what you are, it doesn't matter. (laughs) But then there's also a place where who you are and what you are and where you are matters a lot. (laughs) You know, you can't just kind of be a luminous blob in the middle of a traffic jam. (laughs) You've got to know how to drive a car. So, uh, integration, and uh, beautifully, um, of course, it, this really is the, the main, I think, the main point of the Buddha's teaching, and hopefully, you know, in a retreat, we get the kind of encouragement to, to say, yeah, there, is, there are new things, there are new depths, there are struggles that can, be o- that can be worked through, there are new things that can come to light, isn't it interesting, and ways in which you know you just get some confidence to keep the practice going. It's never going to be an end. It's never going to be, you know, all everything's cleared and here we are, <laughs> uh, because it's not. It's not static. It's continually dynamic. Continually, the pr- thing is to just get the confidence to feel that whatever it goes or wherever it goes, you're in there with a good chance. You know, however, it's it's quiet, it's peaceful, it's antagonistic, it's wild, it's funny, it's stupid, still you can kind of weather through, Yeah, you know, rather than have some particular amazing experience that you had for a, you know, three minutes on a 10-day retreat, then you can look back at it for the rest of your life and wonder how you can get it again. <laughs> Not to decry these these lovely moments, I mean, they they can reveal interesting things in us. Yet, yeah. of course, is where the Buddhist teaching really is aimed is uh, the, uh, the, the the four noble truths. That is, understanding or coming to terms with being ready to meet dukkha, suffering, conflict, the disagreeable, the unresolved, and so forth. You yeah. know which is always presenting itself, the ability to, the willingness to meet that, rather than spin out, tighten up, you know, react. What else is there? (laughs) Come on, wake up, you know. (laughs) What else is there? Yeah. Really, you know, either setting oneself up for suffering by building up something you can't hold on to, yeah. Trying to, you know, this kind of thing, <coughs> lamenting over things one doesn't have. Mm. This is kind of what what I guess we're doing a lot of the time, isn't it? I mean, not necessarily that profoundly, but that ache of, oh, if only, oh, that wasn't so good. Be nice, more of that, and hold on to this. Make sure this doesn't change. You know, make sure my children never grow up. (laughs) 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 Make sure my parents never die. You know, make sure the loved ones never leave me. I I know that. I don't want that to happen, but it does. So you know to to find the capacity not just the 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 understanding but the capacity to receive this and somehow amazing enough, not just weather through but blossom through that you know actually all that kind of unresolved life stuff actually causing a blossoming to occur in a sphere that perhaps we never even dreamt of. Mm. Mm. It's just there to to make the heart bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, bigger till eventually it has no limits. It has no no need to hold a position, a viewpoint, a situation. Nor does it need to reject them. You can adopt positions, viewpoints as relative viewpoints for as long as that's useful and pertinent. We can have things for as long as it's useful and we can prepare to let them go. We can be somebody for a certain time and prepare to let that change. We can flow in and out of positions. Mm, That possibility, realising none of this is really the real thing or the ultimate thing. And of course, this is, you know, we might intellectually understand that, but accepting that and not just accepting it in a kind of Grudging way, but finding through that there is something else that you don't you don't lose, which is your freedom. And that's the only thing we can ever really, really get is freedom. The <laughs> yeah. rest of it, you get by, you know. And uh, interestingly enough the Buddha was pretty pretty adamant and pretty consistent and never really defining what that was. You keep it a word like nibbana. mean kind of blowing out, blowing out of greed, blowing out of hatred, blowing out of delusion. Just the blowing out the not something. <laughs> you know, or deathless the not that. You say and something that's craves for ultimate truth, final position, blazing clarity, you know, something or other we could sort of get, even as an idea. And that's sometimes what people find frustrating about, particularly Theravada Buddhism, like, you know, what's the bit? All this stuff, about suffering. You know, who who believes it? You, you worship suffering? Does <laughs> all Buddhists believe in suffering? What kind of miserable thing is that? Like God, and love, and truth, and the, Universal order and the cosmic thing. No, <laughs> <laughs> sounds great, you know. But w- what does it do to your mind when you bring those in? You go <laughs> That's a position, isn't it? <laughs> but to really, that to keep on the on the f- flow of it, just recognizing where one's starting to tighten up, hang on. Second noble truth: the origin of suffering is hanging on feeding on things, feeding on happiness, feeding on righteousness, feeding on clarity, feeding on confidence, feeding on samadhi, feeding on wisdom, you know, feeding on it. Just yeah. And it's all something that's been brought together (laughs) and it's just as surely as it's been brought together, it will surely come apart. That's the, you know, Thing, isn't it? Whatever rises ceases. It's a nice little idea when it comes around to looking at leaves on trees <laughs> <laughs> and things like that. It's not so much fun when it comes down to realizing your brain is going to conk out, your ability to think, function, and move around, and dead, you know, your body's going to crumble, and, uh you know, your domestic situation will change. and so forth but um, you know if we don't cling feed on adopt these as something that we can have and own and really you know invest in then there's that sense of the ability to let that change because it's not just you know, that you're not clinging, but there is the capacity to not cling, which is different. See, clinging isn't something we necessarily decide to do. Sometimes we do, but most of the time we don't decide to hang on. It's just a reflex, a reflex, a kind of fear, panic reflex. This is all there is. Grab hold. You know, it's, it's a gut reflex to, to cling, to attach. Because we just feel like continual vertigo without something to hang on to. Yeah? It's rather like that. It's like a you know uh, a child, mm. baby has to attach, otherwise it doesn't form properly. It has to attach to the parents, otherwise it's not going to fall. It doesn't have the capacity to not attach. <laughs> it has to attach, and then possibility as it grows it will be able to you know come to a, a fruition of capacity to say i don't need that now i don't need the teddy bear i don't need uh, this it grows out you know but it, it starts off with a, a, attaching so it's not just the idea you can't say to a baby let go you know it <laughs> doesn't got the capacity to do so so similarly in ourselves, the, re- the humble recognition, you know, that I, I you know, I approve of that idea, but there's things I, I'm not ready to let go, I can't do it right now. You keep stretching and understanding what it is, because we can't let go because of the, f- the fear of what's on the other side of that, the reflex. You know, the story, uh, I, I don't know if it's true or just uh, uh, an allegory, you know, the Two boys are playing on a, a railway bridge, and this bridge is going over a, a ravine or something, you know. And they're playing on this bridge in the in the dark, you know, some bridge. And uh, suddenly they hear a train coming along over on this railway track, right? It's a ra- so, so the, the, you, the only way is to kind of go down and hang on to the the sleepers and just hang underneath the bridge. These sleepers, you yeah? know, you got the picture hanging underneath the bridge, hanging on, hanging on, hanging on. You know, and it's pitch black and the train goes over the unhold, but they can't pull themselves up, they're just hanging there. It's peril, fear of, of, of letting go, you know, because don't know how many hundreds of feet is down below, you know, and then they're hanging on, oh no, I can't stand, I can't hang on, I can't hold on any longer, I can't hold on any longer. No, it's, you know, it's a terror. Eventually, you know the, sort of just as it the dawn's coming up finally one can't hold any longer and he drops and like the ground is nine inches below him (laughs) (laughs) in the darkness you don't see that you think down there is just a bottomless pit you know (laughs) so that's why you hold on we hold on and sometimes life is cruelly kind enough to keep wrapping our knuckles and you go you fall oh oh i see (laughs) you know what was mostly the problem was the fear of the unknown and fear you can't have kind of a little bit of reasonable fear you know it's just global and then you know if you dwell upon it it just gets bigger and bigger the fear of loss the fear of loss of being is essential fear and fear is a reflex that is much more powerful than any any reason, any puny little thought. You know, fear just hits the body and you, you run or you freeze or you fall or you fight, you know. You can't reason yourself out of fear. Some, I was on a mountain walk a couple of years ago with some people and um, one of the women who went on this walk was very brave because she suffered from vertigo, you know, which is when you... Uh, fear of heights she went walking up this mountain um so walking along the mountain you've got a path you know you're walking up, i mean it's it's not dangerous i mean i can walk it's a path you know you've got a path that's like a meter wide around the side of this mountain but the sight of the of the of the falling away of the land hits you know perceptually hits her and she just goes into this state you know of terror and you know there's nothing that you can do the only thing that, we, that was useful was just we just just stood around her quietly just stood around her kind of somebody just touching holding her touching her holding her you know just don't have to get over this don't be embarrassed we're just happy to be here no hurry you know just con- lots of gentle warm you know not trying to change it or fix it or tell it to be more sensible (laughs) 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 just a sense of you know just bringing in the reassuring comfort perception that she could get up you know and then you have one person stand immediately in front one standing person immediately behind so she's between two bodies and just say just look at the middle of the back of the person in front of you and just hold on you just touch them then we can walk, you know? <coughs> you know? So it's, it's like that, isn't it, really? You know, the realizing that uh, the, uh, our fear is not a rational thing. But actually what really does help is a sense of, you know, something comforting, something warm, and very much the most simple thing is just other human beings. You know? Simple thing that helps us with our, with our clinging the wonderful possibility there is for, for that human, just basic human warmth, which is the only thing that's as strong as fear. Because you know? those are the two things that a baby has. Isn't it? They're receptive to the warmth of the, of the mother. They re- immediately navigate towards that and they also have the fear of loss. And one will will counteract the other. So you can always, you know, bring the human warmth in and the the child will come out of it. So there's a very basic reflexes. Mm. And and then we can, you know, if we're within that, within that sense of that, then there's a possibility of letting go. Mm. So that's what it takes, is the great heart. Know? Cause you Because know, eventually, there's a possibility of, you know, can I, can I do this on my own? Sometimes I can't do it on my own. I need somebody to talk to. But maybe there's an increasing possibility that I can do this here. You know, I can feel the great heart here. It's lovely when it's coming from somewhere else, but I can also feel it here. And within that, you're okay. It's okay. It doesn't matter, you know there's not a loss of being here that's just the alarm signals but we're not really losing anything it's really important you know because when we have a, uh, you know we find ourselves in conflict with others find ourselves disharmony with others there's that sense of being overwhelmed threatened losing and so forth and then it just Become completely um, hysterical, you know, over overreaches. Mm. Like I was saying with the, the sense of the, that, you know, the tiger coming in the middle of the night. We're tigers, physical animal tigers, only come once. Human tigers come every day. <laughs> And they always leave enough of you left for another meal. <laughs> 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 you know, and there's the, thing, the sense of, uh, you know, the, the conflicts and the um, harsh words and the difficult energies and the not being understood and uh, all these misrepresented and these kinds of things. It just kind of feel very wounding. You know, then we get suffering like that. And then we get suffering from our own minds when we're kind of harsh to ourselves or, you know, judgmental in ourselves. You get the same kind of wounding experience because there's that. And then, you know, how to come out of that. You can't just cling to a position of this is right, that's wrong. You know, you can't cling to that. You know, I'm right, she's wrong. She's wrong. She's right. I'm wrong. This is right. That's wrong. You've got to go beyond right and wrong. To this is suffering. Holding this is suffering. Hmm? Yeah. This is what we can do. We can understand this. This wish to have things firm, clear, my way, and so on. We can know that that's dangerous. <laughs> you know, it's much. On a relative level, it's much wiser and saner to have things okay enough, but flexible. Not mine, this, that, fixed. The harder it is, the more fixed it is, the more brittle it is. And we can't have what we want all the time. We can't stop lo- losing what we like all the time, but we can stop suffering around it. Is this um i don't know if you ever read calvin and Hobbes the cartoon do you know that one calvin's this little six year old boy Hobbes is his stuffed tiger and but in calvin's mind. Hobbes is alive and they have these interesting dialogues. So when the adults are not around, Hobbes is alive, friendly tiger, you know, pet tiger. When adults are around, then Hobbes just becomes a stuffed inert toy. But in, in Calvin's mind, Hobbes is alive. and They talk together. There's interesting dialogues with each other. And so so the one of these thing one of these uh, incidents in Calvin saying to Hobbs, you know, well, what do you what do you really want out of life? What do you really like? And you, you know, and then, um, Hobbs says, "Well, you know, what's your big idea, what's your big picture? What would you really your highest dream?" And he goes, um, "Tuna fish sandwich." <laughs> 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 he a tuna fish sandwich. Is that as good as you can get? I want I want a spaceship. I want to cruise around the cosmos. I want to, you know, he goes this incredible list of fantastic. Things he'd like to have and get. And Hobbes says, Yeah, but I got a chance of actually getting a tuna fish sandwich.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you think, well, tuna fish sandwich, is that as good as you can get? <laughs> so I want ultimate truth. I want this, that, and this. And I just think I'll stop suffering. <laughs> make peace with myself (laughs) you know learn to let go learn to not have everything my way learn to adapt learn to flow learn to flex learn to be slightly you know (laughs) Uh, free not having a fixed position which always seems so kind of floppy and and uh, wimpish (laughs) well maybe I'm just getting by you know uh, it's not very impressive. And sometimes it's like that, you know, you go to these retreats or in Buddhist circles and some this kind of blazing samadhi or diamond-like wisdom or credible understanding of Abhidharma or something. Wow, what do you do? Uh, well, I um, just sort of, you know... Um, or well, I try to sort of stay awake in the mornings and, you know, <laughs> doesn't sound very good. And then you find two years later, the person with the amazing Samadhi's gone psychotic. <laughs> 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 you know, the person with the incredible wisdom is a conceited prig who nobody wants to talk to. <laughs> the other one's gone off and come a born-again Christian. <laughs> suddenly it's all you know suddenly this the kind of the middle of the road people are really actually <laughs> doing useful stuff with their conceit and their desires and their craving for for being something or another the tuna fish sandwich of life <laughs> you know. so we try to really keep that that in mind and that requires great it's, it seems modest tuna fish sandwich but it, it requires not many people can do that you know, not many people can have no position not many people can be in that kind of don't know uncertain maybe we'll see how it goes most people want to have things definite and certain and clear and final and finished and this is that, and that's that, and I'm right, and this is wrong, kind of thing. Mm. The craving for fixity, and, and yet you see what what that brings around. I mean, so many people are right, and it's the you can do a lot of harm when you're right, can't you? You know, righteousness. A lot of uh, violence gets <laughs> done through people being right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know you hear people say we must bring them to justice you think oh, something in your shivers of, oh goodness what's that mean you know I mean pain <laughs> humiliation for some poor human who's kind of lost it gone astray Yeah. Just kind of realigning one's, one's, one's uh, perspective. This is what you do when you develop great heart because you feel something in your, in your gut feels doesn't feel tight. It doesn't feel compressed. You're present. You're grounded. Something in your heart doesn't feel fluttery or, or, or panicky or pushy or thrusty, It just feels open and sensitive. Something in your brain isn't pumping away thoughts all the time. It's just the reflection then you can feel, this, this feels about right, you know. There's a space here. Mm. And just recognising, you know, the barometer of when we start to get tightened up in our guts, nat- you know, heart starts to get kind of put forceful, speedy, brain starts churning away, you know, whatever the verbal line is, however quote unquote true it is, it's not right. you know so we have to give up the sense of the true and the right to the not suffering and see where that goes because it's always, it's not suffering it's not a position it's going to continue moving and allowing forms and opinions and views and people and situations to kind of shape, take shape around this centre of not suffering which is the, the, th- the fourth noble truth. The path arises around this possibility, this experience of not suffering. Suddenly the forms of our life form around that and they continue to keep flexing. Mm-hmm. It's one of those um, stories in the time of the Buddha, the quarrel at Kosambi. Famous, famous incidents so it's it's nice to see you know in, in many of these sutajas these incredible examples of people getting enlightened in about two and a half minutes <laughs> and there's amazing degrees of samadhi and so forth and renunciation this is the less glamorous aspect of sangha life is the quarrel at Kosambi where these monks somebody you know, some kind of dispute over a minor, very minor piece of protocol about using a toilet or something. Very small point. And somebody says, I think that's wrong. I don't think that's right. And he says, well, is it right or is it wrong? i go and ask somebody else. And he goes and asks his teacher. His teacher says, no, I think that's right. And then the other one of the people on the other side say, your teacher doesn't know what he's talking about. And they say, you just insulted my teacher, you know? And so then it builds up. These huge factions start arising over this the dispute over a toilet. Until eventually the whole sangha is kind of enraged and seething over, <laughs> over who's right and who's wrong on this issue. And they start calling each other names and waving the, waving the law book at each other, you know, this thing coming up over this is the Vinaya, this is the truth, this is the right way. And then the Buddha's saying, look, guys, look, just call it, just call it, you know. He didn't even say who was right or wrong. He said, this, is, this behavior is, un- is unseemly. This isn't the right behavior. If you keep doing this, it's going to split and you won't be able to meet together. You won't be able to talk together. You won't be able to sit down and have gruel together. You know, those nice things that monks do. Just because, I, you know, you won't be able to live kind of easy, happy lives because you're disputing over a toilet, you know. And they said, don't worry about this. We'll sort this out. Lord, you go to one. You get out of the way, Lord. We'll sort this out. We're going to thrash this out once and for all. So they thrash and thrash and thrash, and there's dispute. And the Buddha says, "Okay, I'm going. I'm walking." So he leaves. And then, uh, so in this in this village, then the lay people say, "Where did the Buddha go?" And the monk said, "Oh, he left because we were in dispute. He left. We're not feeding you." (laughs) 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 Suddenly. The belly overcame <laughs> the <laughs> dispute. <laughs> oh, well, maybe we better think about this again. <laughs> so they all came running after Buddha and said, oh, worth it. Lord, can we just t- talk about this a little while? He said, okay, well, everybody, you know, find a place you feel comfortable. And then, um, you know, make sure everybody's got what they need and just settle down and cool down and then reflect on it, and they sort of think, oh dear, did say a few rather sharp things, you know, wasn't very good, and you know, the other side say, well, we did get a bit feisty, and, you know, They sort of, "Well," so they decide to get together and say, well, I'm sorry, we did say a few cruel, harsh things, and the other party say, yeah, well, we, we kind of lost it too, and we got a bit, you know, this isn't very nice, well, let's just make friends, you know. <laughs> and they decided that one was right and one was wrong but it didn't really matter <laughs> because it wasn't that wasn't the main thing the main thing was can you know that one's behavior over right and wrong wasn't coming from great heart it was coming from narrow mind yeah narrow mind nice tight sharp clear, narrow mind, (laughs) rather than uncertain, spacious, not exactly clear one way or another great heart, which just knows, well, doing this feels like suffering or not suffering. And that isn't the end, of course. From that place, we just stay with that Let me just see what we what will form around this, which is the interesting piece of one's life. You know, well it's all interesting, but who can who actually can I live with? How can we get on? How can we form a relationship? What kind of livelihood really works from this place? Yeah. You know? Whatever it looks like from the outside, whether the boss or the Junior, whether you're getting a hundred thousand a year or just getting by, not suffering about it, you know? and say, well, maybe I'm just not the kind of person who's going to make a hundred thousand a year, maybe, but I can get by. Um, I cannot suffer, which is more than most people <laughs> do. <laughs> yeah. So this is really important to get that that reference. Great heart. Or narrow mind. Yeah. Mm? Strong positions or space. <laughs> mm? It's like, you know, uh, uh, So I think it's said before, when you meditate, you know, do you ever take a position over how it's going to be, what you're supposed to do, how you're going to work, you know, what you're going to arrive at, or just first of all find the way you can get a deepening and widening sense of space, you know, and then your meditation practice sort of forms around that. I think it's important to recognise the Buddha really didn't teach meditation techniques. You can use, so it doesn't mean you shouldn't use the technique. It means the technique is an open, open issue for you. Called upaya, skillful means. What works for you, you know. And then our tendency, I imagine, for many of us is to think the more complicated, the more refined, that's the better. <laughs> you know, the more precise and more refined, that's better, isn't it? Because you get that nice, tight, narrow feeling. <laughs> <laughs> that makes you feel sort of clear and definite. You're really doing this. Um, how yeah, you get we get convinced by that, or is it some you know? but that isn't necessarily the case. There's a you know one of the great meditation masters of uh, the last century, Ajahn Mun. He was a kind of everybody around reckoned reckon this person that. You know, finished his work as it were, or a hunt. Often meditation is just reciting the word Buddha, <laughs> walking up and down, Buddha, Buddha, just using that. Very simple. And recognizing, you know, the anger, the craving, yeah. the fear, the doubt, and just Buddha or breathing through it. Very simple. One of his main disciples, Ajahn Tate, was this very lovely person, very kind of sweet. And, he, and he, his mind would naturally go into these states of, of bliss, you know, sort of heavenly, because he was a kind of very sweet being. So he's tend to go to this Sort of lovely, blissful state. And Ajahn Mun worked on him for 12 years to get him out of it. <laughs> 12 years, you know, finally managed to get him down. Say, so look, you need to just contemplate bones, sinews, guts, teeth as you walk along. You know, just bring, keep bringing that to mind. Bone, guts, teeth, you know, flesh. Blonk, 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 blonk. You know? And notice the you know, the impermanent nature of these things kind of really, really you say coarse because it was working against the particular strong tendency. Hmm? Another story of Ajahn Man with Ajahn Mahabur, who was another chief disciple and a renowned teacher, now in his own right, you know, highly recognized, is to develop this very, very strong m- concentration, so strong that he could go into this jhana almost instantly, very quickly, very strong. And he'd say to, you know, he was kind of, talk, so he'd say this to Ajahn Man and Ajahn Man said, well, well, having, having that samadhi, being stuck in it, it's just, just about as good as having a bit of meat stuck between your teeth. <laughs> You're just holding on to it, you know. And Ajahn Marble was so attached. He said, if it hadn't been him, he would have killed him. <laughs> 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 and as soon as he heard this, and he realized it, his practice just completely fell apart. You know, to recognize all this kind of amazing thing he developed was just, pfft, so what? You know? And uh, But then he'd, he, rea- he realized the Four Noble Truths. Attachment, hanging on, feeding on something, building yourself up as being something. Mm? I don't think it's a problem for us mostly. But then what is it in meditation, you know? What do you need to do? Mm? Sometimes you don't, you know, we take our position, which is unconscious, you know. It's rare that we deliberately decide to hold a position. It's just unconscious. You find yourself forming so naturally, so instinctively, that you think, well, everybody's like this, aren't they? And then you realize they're not, after a while. You don't notice your own stuff, your own position. until you check it out with others and that's the one, the one you don't notice is the important one that's why ignorance is something you don't see otherwise it wouldn't be ignorance would it you don't see it so where are we coming from you know I guess uh Most of us probably take it all very seriously. Is it serious? (laughs) Oh, we look to understand things. Is there anything to understand? Can you understand anything, really? i can't understand anybody i can't understand myself. <laughs> I can have opinions and views and reactions and guesses and surmises and- pers- impressions and views but i don't i don't know any i don't understand anybody else i don't understand myself. I'm with it all clear, but I can get in touch with that in which which hangs on and tightens up and defends and wants to be and wants to be happy and wants other people to like me and these kinds of things. You think, wow, you know, that's what consents. And th- these are changing. And the, really the, the, the thing that I can see kind of because I start to witness that all these details are different for others, but there are often common, common tendencies. And the really common bit of it is trying to find some ground trying to find a place where I can stand and know what everything is, and i 'm here and it 's there, and you 're one of those, and you 're a good person, this one's not so good, and I do with that with her and you know and this is, and get it all figured out <laughs> when I meditate, I do this, and I need one, two, three, four, and then I get to this, and then I go five, six, seven, eight, that's it, <laughs> and it works. You know. And I want to be able to do that. When I've done that, I've made it. And every now and then, it looks like it's about to happen. It looks like I'm about to get my life together. And then, just as it's about to get together, (laughs) 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 whoops, (laughs) whoops. (laughs) You know, the thing you've been relying on disappears. (laughs) You know, you get sick, something like that. So when you, you know, just look, consider your meditation, you take being healthy for granted. You know, as a as a normal, health is not normal. You know, a degree of it's expected, but, you know, just look at the assumptions we make, the ground we assume is there. And that, you know, then, Realise that that whatever the ground is, our, our search for that, our inclination for that, our wanting that to be there, and it it never quite stabilises. You know? The relationships continue need tweaking and adjusting, and f- and they never quite f- establish. There's always something. The house is never fixed, you know. It's always breaking down. You're always patching it up. You're always changing it. The new gadget's always breaking down. The labor-saving device is going to cost you hours and hours of time and money (laughs) 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 to keep going. (laughs) The finishing line isn't there. The full stop doesn't appear. Hmm. How do you stop getting frustrated or panicking or rushing or getting disappointed? You don't imagine there's going to be one. The only thing to, to get to the end of is the idea that's going to end. <laughs> that's, then it's a, then you, at least you're finding a place of, well, this is where to find balance with sets of relative truths. Forget ultimate truth. You're not going to know that understand that relative truth has to be handled relatively with well this is that sort of fits there for now we'll just keep going with that because we're not looking at some ultimate truth as a position a statement of feeling, a state of consciousness an idea, a knowledge we're just looking at it as not clinging not seeking food And there is, you know, something that, a capacity that enables that, a capacity that enables that. I don't know what that is, but I do know that certain practices make that more possible and keep making it more possible. That's what I do know. I know that if I meditate I know that if I let go, I know that if I develop compassion, if I know that I respect myself and respect others, that capacity increases. If I can, you know, I know that if I'm able to uh, have renunciation and harmlessness, that capacity increases. I know that if I am mindful of my energies and that capacity increases. So I, that's what I do. And, you know, it doesn't matter, really. It doesn't matter whether it's miserable, groggy, happy, bright, fine, diamond like, whatever it is. What's important is we do the, pa- the practice and recognize whatever the result, if it manifests as something or another, it's something else that's going to change pass and let go let, be, be let go of but your capacity to let go develops that's the important bit and it makes everything else possible it's the letting go at the centre of it that makes the, the right speech, right action, right livelihood not just mathematical formulae of who's right and who's wrong but felt realities of this is honest this is true this is blameless, this is not harsh, this is clear, this is coming from a clear place. Mm. Doesn't mean it's the most brilliant idea, but this is coming from the great heart. Mm. And that's really what we can do, that's our tuna fish sandwich. Um. (laughs) And beautifully enough, maybe that's maybe that's all we need. So we have a, a day or two to continue practicing together. And I'd like to say this morning, uh, continue some practice again this afternoon. Um, see what it's like to practice on your own. Mm. And just Look at what sort of structures you s- that arise in your mind about what you should be or what you shouldn't do or what you... How you, sh- you just look at those things that are coming up in your mind. Hmm. See what you really is skillful for you to, make, to bring around that sense of authentic balance in you. That's gonna, where the great heart is going to arise and develop.